0: Greetings, fellow Earthlings. Welcome to another episode of And Another Thing with Dave. Seeking the truth, exposing the lies. Remember, together, we are unstoppable. Keep on digging. I just want to point out: we created the Mujahideen, right? The CIA went over to the Middle East and recruited the most extreme Muslim extremists that they could from all over the world, and
1: was went and, on a mass recruiting back further drive. Than that. Yeah, it goes back further than that. We literally created fundamentalism, fundamentalist Islam. That was not a thing yeah. before before we had this whole elaborate anti-Soviet thing. Um, because the, the, at the time the Soviets were like uh, organized state atheists, like they were their official religion was no religion, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so it was and, and their uh, their their influence was reaching into the Muslim world, the, the Middle Eastern world, and successfully, very successfully, and the the U.S. saw a contradiction there that they could take advantage of, and that is uh, creating division. Through um, a religion, so they radicalize Muslims to become uh, certain elements of Muslim society to become element uh, to become fundamentalists and to, to radicalize them and then to support them with, with guns and money. And ironically, all those same tactics are, are are what we're we're seeing deployed here. I'm not saying they're coming from the CIA. They've just been recycled by people who are experts in the field of marketing and messaging. And those those that same kind of experience that the uh, the Mujahideen uh, that, that created the Mujahideen that would go on to become uh, Al Qaeda is the same kind of bullshit we hear now. All the rhetoric against uh, uh, CRT, uh, against trans people, against the most vulnerable people in our society Antifa. is being used. And Antifa, by the yeah. way, which is literally Antifa in, in the U.S., I, I I grew up as a punk rocker. I, I'm very familiar with this. It was part right of a music that. scene. It wasn't even a fucking like. It, it's still not. It never was this organized thing. This this boogeyman that they've created in the media. It never will be that thing by virtue of being Antifa. It is this disorganized, anonymous thing unless it's manifested in the punk scene, which is just it's just a group of kids who meet up every every fucking Saturday and have drinks. Like they just get drunk and listen to anti fascist music, but um people people act like this is like oh this brand new group antifa like no, they've been around since like the seventies dude yeah
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and I just want to mention amen
0: and right on punk rock and and metal fans um I, and also so if you're anti antifa if you're anti anti fascist that means you're pro fascist, right so you might have a question about how. Certain things are done. And like you said, there is no leadership of Antifa. It operates like Al Qaeda, the cell. It's if you if you want to be Antifa, guess what? You're Antifa, If you you know, and you could be one for a day. Oh. Right. You both go be a black State operates for a day. like
1: Al Qaeda. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Right. Well, meaning meaning that there is no leadership and it's just independent right, right. cells. Meaning independent people, you know, if if even four people get together, that would probably be unique. It just happens that they all have the same ideal and end up on the same street corner. Um, Yeah, but there is no leadership. And so it is not a thing. So that's we've been brainwashed even to think that. And and here we're rooting. I hear people root against these anti fascists. Well, then that means that you're pro fascism. Right. By default.
1: The thing, is, the problem, the main problem here, and yes, you're you're correct. There's no other way to interpret that. But the main problem here is that like, the media creates these problems, these non issues. They turn these non issues into issues, and it, it's it's again, it's a well funded, coordinated effort to sow discontent so that there can be these these uh, these party divides or these this population d- divides based on these two positions uh, that. Politics in this country are, is an industry. You either you either smoke Newport or you smoke Marlboros. That's that's <laughs> it. <laughs> but like they've gotten you to fight about it. They got you to yeah. fight about whether or not like to physically harm someone who smokes Newports for, over your Marlboros. Like oh, I promise oh, yeah. you, the nicotine's the same. You're you're not you you do not have that level of brand loyalty. Stop letting exactly. them do that to
0: you. Newport or Marlboro, Budweiser or Coors, Coke or Pepsi, Raiders or Niners. Right? It's it's so ingrained in our society. Division. Choose a side. Um, yeah, well,
2: you know what's okay. interesting that you all were talking about was uh was the the uh, idea of Al Qaeda, and I remember, um, before uh, President Obama was elected, that there were there were these um I think it was on A and There was a show where they had the CIA is setting up people. I guess what they were doing was almost like luring people to see, yeah, I'm going to offer you $50,000 to blow up this building. And what they were doing was that they were using the uh, people's desperation. Uh, so in, in each of these stores, like three black men, I can't remember. Um, I think some of them were like Muslim. Um, and what they did is that they would say the one, one of the gentlemen, his mother had cancer. So he was trying to pay for, her cancer and out of his desperation he was like I'll take the fifty thousand dollars or whatever it was sixty thousand dollars so that his he could save his grandmother's life another guy, something that he had with debt and he was trying to pay the debt off um it's the same thing that happened with um um goodness so I, I remember the movie uh black black Jud uh, black Messiah black Judas I, I don't remember the name now <laughs> but um I don't know if you all remember the movie I'm talking about where the CIA basically used this one man uh he was a thief and this is sort of the this is sort of like the the uh, the uh best practice, if you would call it, of what the CIA and what these uh, um these um, um law enforcement agencies do in America is that they take the desperation of people and then they use that against them in order to leverage whatever whatever uh, mission they have that they're trying to use, like uh, with the Black Panther Party. This is a constant thing that they've been doing. And when you think about the Taliban or not the Taliban but Al Qaeda or terrorism and terrorism was the face the the face of terrorism was um, brown people from the Middle East you don't hear about that at all now it's almost like it never happened and um, one thing I liked about in the articles it was saying that um, you know it was talking about the theologies but it was saying that you really see people on the right rooting their positions within a biblical theology or ecclesiastical tradition you don't hear them talking about Jesus anymore or anything like that I mean barely when they do The the comparison is like, nobody, (laughs) they're like, well, Jesus sent Trump or Jesus approves Trump or God approves Trump. And it's like, well, anybody can make their argument if somebody exists, that God made them, but there's still people's behaviors and all this other stuff. So when we're talking about like all of these, um, all of these boogeymen that have been um, created by our law enforcement agencies. It's it's easy to understand why you have people who have fallen into the trap of believing that these new boogeymen exist. Boogeyman exists because it's been, as you said, Antifa, uh, the Taliban, Al Qaeda. Um, now we have white supremacy as a real problem, and people are not taking that seriously. And that's just not that's that's a real problem. But there's also another problem where there are black people beating up Asian people. I, when I saw it, I was like, wait, okay, what's happening here? And it's really an ideology thing, right? It's really a this position of a, an other taking over and, um, and going to take something from us. And that's another development of this culture war that Trump has really kind of exacerbated. And I think the problem is that people are not really taking a moment to be a little bit more skeptical, right? If we're a little bit more suspicious about the information of people that we love, people that, or people that we believe we love, or people that we believe has our best interest in at, at heart, then we should be okay with asking questions if we feel uncomfortable about something that they're saying, but people are scared to do that because you don't want to look like you are, um, on the outs. You don't want to look, people don't want to look like they are challenging or they don't want to f- uh, be uncomfortable because. The other people within the crew, the the crew the or the clique is going to come and get them. You can't have a dissenting idea about what's what you're the people that you love, whether it's democ- Democrats or Republicans or I don't know, the LGBTQIA community or the black community. If you have any stance that doesn't go with the status quo based off whatever narratives have been driven by whoever has been driving those narratives, it's like ghost people or something, I don't know, um, then all of a sudden you are you are the bad person because you're not falling in line. So it, it, it's like people are really almost trapped within some of these culture wars. And then there's another part of it where people just completely forgot that there was a culture war like 10 years ago and nobody's asking, well, what happened to that one? Did they, did that get resolved? Um, did they catch all the terrorists that were supposed to be Middle Eastern people? Uh, did they catch all the people at the border that were supposedly coming in the country and taking over? like we talked about this earlier. What happened to all the people taking over this country? Why are they not um, i mean in the the people crossing the border? Why are they not putting that on the news for us to see when we know that that's still happening? so it's i'm I'm all, honestly, no, there I'm there, there
1: is you're right there, there's a very very short term memory that we, we we all suffer from as a collectively as a country like you'll see these arguments being made um and it'll it'll sound like the end of the fucking world and then like you know five years from now it's it's like everyone ruined everyone's lives for for five years yeah um and in some cases permanently and then um and i mean like right now like this is this is one of those things like where where i hopefully i think this is going to find a way to be resolved in a way that brings us back to the status quo or advances us further, the Roe v. Wade issue. Uh, I really, really hope that. Uh, I, I'm optimistic that that's going to happen. But in the meantime, right now, there's people's lives who are going to be permanently ruined because of this decision. And that's that's the problem with all of this, our, our, our short-term memory, is is that, you know, what happened to all the people who were supposed to be dying of vaccines, right? <laughs> like, like, for the longest time, uh, when I was, you know, working for the health department, uh, I, I kept turning on the news to hear some new, crazy, stupid idea. Those people, those people, the chiropractors, the the, the celebrity doctors, all those people who made these outrageous fucking claims about COVID-19 are not going to suffer any consequences for it. They're not going to suffer any consequences for, for decrying the vaccine for whatever stupid reason they were doing that. They're not going to suffer any consequences long term on, on, on their reputation. Like people are going to forget and move on and they're going to be rehabilitated and then and, then, and they're they're. Their whole image is going to be, like, cleansed, essentially. They're going to show back up on TV. They're going to be the the quote-unquote experts on this new issue or whatever. But, like, that killed people. That got people killed. People died because they didn't take the fucking vaccine because they they believed in, you know, uh, nurse pimple popper or whatever. They believed in the stupid chiropractors who don't do anything medically anyways, but for some reason we give them a, a... a space
3: to do business um i want to
1: chime in on what
0: looking glass said i don't want to get into the whole COVID thing because that's a cancel button for sure um right (laughs) um but man what you were saying about about you know short-term memory what you guys both said is spot on and um you know the, the two cases terrorism oh terrorism vanished it's not a thing anymore Oh, and the migrant invasion. Oh, it's not a thing anymore. But we never look at the historical cause. We never look at the context, right? So terrorism. Well, that was our our policies that blew. What the CIA calls blowback, right? Foreign the the unintended policy of foreign policy is called blowback. They even have a term for it. So that's what gave you know rise to terrorism. Us fucking around in the Middle East, quite frankly. Um, and then oddly enough, what, you know, when that was fizzling out, we, you know, we created ISIS. And how did we do that? We left all of our military equipment and vehicles in Iraq with the keys in them. And the, the official explanation on why we did that is that it would cost too much to bring them home. Well, then you move them all in one pile and drop a bomb on them. You don't leave them there in perfectly good functioning order. That's crazy. So then you, then you saw all these you know, all this footage of ISIS in a big caravan in brand new Toyota trucks and military U.S. military vehicles. It was insane. And then as far as the, the migrant caravan goes, they never looked at the historical cause, which was the CIA being involved in all of Central and South America, like Honduras. We destroyed Honduras and El Salvador. Um, yeah. And that is the blowback from that right now. They've got, you know, hideous warlords in power and people are fleeing for their lives and stuff and coming here through legal channels, I might add. Right. It, we were brainwashed to think that they were just jumping fences all willy nilly. No, they were going to the predetermined ports of entry and following the protocol to legally become a U.S. citizen. And then we put them in cages and separated them, separated families. Um, and it's just it's 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 amazing because, you know, and then just kind of following up on what the looking glass said, the religious aspect has so been diluted, right? Like the counterculture, it used to be the counterculture versus the squares, the squares in the status quo. It was squares in the status quo, religious squares in the status quo, and then the whole counterculture, all of the fringe groups united against that because we wanted change and we wanted progress. Um, And, but then It's it's become so diluted. I was on a talk on stereo the other day and I was blown away. These two people were claiming to be born again Christians and they were talking about how they were anti-abortion and they were all polite and everything until the host Flo asked him. And he was he was being a brilliant host in the way he posed questions. And he set him up with this one. He's like, so, okay, so what about gay rights? Both of these born again Christians said that gay people should be locked up in jail. Like, wow, how do you reconcile that? How do you reconcile the word of Jesus, gay person should go to jail?
2: Well, do you think that... you? I mean, and that's part of the problem is that most... And I watched this. I used to live in Atlanta, Georgia, and I I used to... Everybody just invites you to their church all the time. And it's the Bible Belt, I guess. Um, And I guess that's why they do it. But I remember being amongst fellow Black people who were Christian, and there was this debate that happened where this uh, bishop, um, I think his name was Eddie Long, he had gotten in trouble for having sexual relationships with underage boys, and one of my co-workers, we were all... In our in our job, we talk about everything. I don't know if everybody does this, but black people in our if it's all black of <laughs> all black business, everybody talks about politics, religion is everything' it's all, it's on the table. We get into it. And so we were talking about this particular um, bishop and you know for me it was no question because this is not it's nothing new that there are, are people who are supposed to be righteous doing wrong things. Um, and preaching yeah. people about what, what what people should be doing to be righteous. That's that's so. This is the oldest oldest day. I mean, as old as the the, the you know the sun, I guess you can say. And so, right as as we we're talking about this, you know, I basically was saying like this man is out here abusing boys. And this one of my coworkers, she was like, "That is my bishop. Don't you ever disrespect him?" And all this other stuff. So you're not concerned with the fact that he's disrespected these parents or that he's disrespected these children that, that trusted him or oh, when well, they were old enough, they, they knew what was going on. And I was like, okay, wait a minute. <laughs> we are okay. And so my outlook on people saying that they are believe in Jesus and all this other stuff, not for everybody, because there are people who truly do think of, you know, they really do read the Bible. They really do talk about um, being, you know, good people Um, And they, you know, other people kind of soil that perception of of people who are like that. But there are a lot of people who say that they're religious. I mean, the Republican Party have been saying this for years, and they don't really mean that because they don't really read it. They don't really uh, 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 prescribe to any of it. It is really sort of just a cloak. Um, Yeah,
0: they sure don't
2: walk the walk. Right.
0: Because all religions preach loving, kindness and acceptance. Right. The golden rule is universal in all religions. Don't be a dick. Right. Do unto others as you would have others do unto you. Right. Be cool. Just be cool. It's really simple.
2: But it's interesting that there's no culture within the religion, within the church now. Like those voices. Yeah. The voices that are, that are problematic are the loudest. And that's just across any group. Right. The, the loudest people are always the ones that are extreme and all this stuff. But, but one thing that I do find, well, let me address to say this, that there, there is, uh, I give credit to the uh, evangelical church because there are white evangelicals that are out here telling the truth. They are out here exposing, they're out here calling attention to, they're out here holding accountable to all of the people that have been lying and, and using uh, this religion to uh, exacerbate the you know white supremacist ideology and use it and, and 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 let it bleed into policy and law and all this stuff or continue the bleeding of policy into policy and law. I didn't want to go too far. I'm sorry. I just want to mention that there are comments. I don't want to jump into the comments and then come back around and you know go where we go.
3: Uh yeah yeah let's do that. do
4: that
1: yeah
4: all right Ben trans. I kind of consider the culture war a distraction war. It feels like I'm watching a news cycle when I pay attention to the culture war of, um, to go down the list, um, beginning with 2008, um, housing market crash, then uh, oil problems, then Bitcoin, 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 and now it's, um, then COVID happened, then it was masks. And then it was transgender and gay rights got in there somewhere. And now it's um, Russia. Before that, it was Afghanistan. Before that, it was Biden being old. Then it was Trump being a misogynist. And Hillary being a woman who is flawed. And
0: I just want to interject there real quick. Those are all distractions to distract us from the culture war, to take us out of the culture war. Though so everything he named is a distraction.
1: Yeah, I was going to say I think it's a dangerous, uh, it's a dangerous place to be, where like y- you you dismiss you know uh, the quote unquote culture war, because I'll tell you right now, uh, before Europe went fascist, um, uh, you know before before World War Two started. Uh, it was all culture war it was all rhetoric until it was real okay so i i i I want people to remember this i I hate to be that guy who's who equates things to fascism and and nazism and and hitler and this and that but like this is the formula this is this is what's happening right now this is what we call fascist creep i mean it it, it happens rhetorically uh you know like like uh richard spencer uh well-known fascist, apparently a reformed liberal, I, I don't know what's going on there, but uh, Richard Spencer would would say openly, like, I mean, uh, Steve Bannon as well, they say these things openly, where they, and Steve Bannon, by the way, is back in Europe uh, <laughs> supporting fascist parties, like Vox Party in, in Spain, but, like, these people openly say that they'll use, they'll hide behind free speech all day until they're in a position to take it away from you. So, be, just be conscious of that. I'm not even asking you to be scared. I'm just, I, I want you to keep that in the back of your head. When they tell you what they're going to do to you, take them at their word.
0: Believe them, right? George Bush told you, when we're yeah. successful, and we will be, there will be a new world order. It's the slow game. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And, and that's the... um I think that's. I think when people um when I talk about white supremacy for me. My goal is for us to get that shit behind us, (laughs) so we can deal with this other stuff that's really really swirling around. I mean I'm not saying that that's not there because obviously it's been there for a long time, but if we can get those that behind us, then we can deal with classism, we can deal with. Which is, which is which has always been a problem, which I, I always think that classism and white supremacy, or you want to call it racism, that they're sort of hand in hand, one feeds the other, you know, society, right? And so if we were to really truly try to get together and understand this, we wouldn't necessarily still be here dealing with some of these things that you all are talking about, like these shadowy figures in the CIA manipulating people. And, and honestly, I, I think it's even deeper than that. I think people each of us need to be able to know what our weaknesses are. Right? Because if you know what your weaknesses are, then you can overcome that and somebody can't use those weaknesses against us. Right? If somebody's mm-hmm. always afraid, always nervous, always anxious and you know maybe we contribute to that. I'm just saying that it's from experience. I had a lot of paranoid nights, paranoid days. Um and not to say I have a lot of chill days, chill nights and chill days too. But you know, if if you don't know, if people don't know what their triggers are or where their weaknesses are, then it's easy for people to buy into some of these, these ideas that make people believe that somebody's always after them or attacking them. I'm going to be completely honest here in saying this and I'll, we can get back to the messages. Um, and I, I talk about this because I think it's important for people to understand that everybody has been subject to someone's um, agenda. Right. Um, yeah. In, for example um there is within black community there are black people who question other black people uh in the sense of their criminal like uh, how, uh, if they're a criminal or not and I'm learning to shed this for myself because I like everybody else has grown up watching cops I was a kid watching cops which by the way I had no business watching cops I don't know who let me watch it but I should not have been watching it because it gave it, it put an imprint on me that certain type of people that dress a certain kind of way must automatically be criminal and anytime that i would move and move you know wherever i would move to and let's say i moved to a neighborhood that was just at the cusp of not necessarily being in the hood but also not necessarily being like the suburbs but kind of like right in the middle i used in my mind what used to first come to me was okay, I need, to, I need to be watchful of my surroundings because I have been taught that people who look like me are also possibly my enemy. I have been taught that just by watching certain things like cops and other type of TV shows. I only really can only imagine what everybody else may be thinking who are not even a part of the community, right? I'm moving in different spaces where I'm, I'm seeing people who look like me and I have to wonder, what is the is there a crime here which is yes this is a this is a a, a, a very embarrassing thing to have to uh, to have to express and have to say out loud but it has but it has to be said the truth has to be said And when you have those things uh, facing you and you have those things where you're trying to grapple with that and trying to shake them out of your head because you know it's psychological you know that someone implanted that uh, there by giving you imagery over and over and over and over again it's not just us it's all it's y'all are going through the same thing too um (laughs) another community is going through the same thing too another community is going through the same thing too based off of these stereotypes that have been perpetuated by someone who thought it'd be better for us to be fighting each other as americans while also telling us to unify as americans whenever it's necessary for us to go to war and i I just think that we need to pay We have to pay attention and we have to dig into these things and tell the truth about them, no matter where we are.
1: We also have to stop (laughs) assuming bad faith of each other, too. I mean, there's 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 too often like (laughs) there is like this, like, you know, one side or the other. Um, But again, the the divide is between the Republicans and the Democrats. People someone said earlier on that it was like the far left versus the far right. And it's like not really. (laughs) It's not really like that because the far left doesn't have a voice in this country. It doesn't have a base. It doesn't have funding like it's literally just the moderate liberals who who actually benefit from like regressive economic policies who don't you know who want to do business with the regressive economically regressive Republican Party. The only problem there is that they also have like bloodthirsty fascists in their ranks. So it's it's not the the dynamic that people have in their head is just not real (laughs) like it is it is. It is a class-based thing. It's not. It's definitely not a a, a uh, political spectrum thing. Like it, it, the the left, the far left in this country, but the left in general has very little actual political power. Well, it's a, it's Amen. a purposeful just, it's a purposeful misrepresentation
3: of the left uh, to whip up fear in the voter base, right? Like that's what like. You know, you hear the term yep. socialist thrown around or communist thrown around and like there, there is a very small percentage of, of the population that represents the true uh, communist or true socialist parties of America. You know what I mean? Like that's, not repre- that's not represented in major mainstream politics as it stands right now.
0: Right. And if you asked your average person, like, well, who's who's a you know, who who is a figurehead on the extreme left? They'd hold up somebody like AOC. But you ask somebody like me or probably yourself included or definitely Sebastian, if we think AOC is left, I'd be like, oh, God, no, she's a centrist.
1: I mean, for sure. Yeah, 100 percent. She's just a regular person who has regular ideas (laughs) like (laughs) <laughs> she, yeah. But like we, yeah, we have these media narratives that like position her and position Nancy Pelosi, who is one of the most right wing people in the in the Democratic Party, which hasn't oh, always been God. true. But in the 21st century, yes, yeah, she's 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 pretty reactionary. <laughs> like her and, Trump, yeah, her and Donald Trump, yeah, her and Donald Trump have, have agreed on, on on at least one thing, and that's their their disdain for for socialists. They both publicly came out and said America will never be a socialist country. So right. there is th- these things, they are united. Uh, it's, it's like Looking Glass was saying, I mean, there there is the, the class dynamics here are the real motivating factor of of what drives um, the the cooperation between the de- Democrats and Republicans like the the Democrats will will have a lot of like rhetoric about fighting back. fighting. But what are they doing? Like we talked earlier in the in, in this in this whole session about um, how long they had and how many promises they made to codify Roe v. Wade when they had all of the political power, but they didn't do it. They didn't do it because they agree with the Republicans on economic issues, because they're both the representatives of the ruling class in this country, which is the billionaire class, the corporate class. Um, And everything else is, it plays second fiddle to, to that dynamic.
2: But isn't it possible that that they that what happens is that the Democrat the leadership of the Democrats or the Republicans is that they understand how effective their marketing has been towards their own constituents, right? Like so, it's almost like whatever the Republicans are effective at moving the needle to getting, uh, let's say, liberals or Democrats to uh, moderate uh, uh, progressive Democrats to sort of, I guess I shouldn't say it that way. Um, I should say, whenever, whenever information starts to pour out to the public and people start to listen and what they're listening to starts to have influence on them because maybe there's a specific issue that is, uh, there's, a specific, uh, there's a message that is, is attracting them based off of their specific, uh, the issues that they care about. I think that the leadership they understand sort of that pawn game. And what they'll do is like, what, for example, like during the election, every time I heard a progressive idea, like you said, I heard a Democrat saying, well, there are, there are more moderate Democrats um, that will vote for us. So we need to make sure that we placate to them more so than those who are progressive. And the truth is yeah. that, you know, listen to what everybody wants. Let's just, if we were to just take away the progressive t- term or the conservative term or the liberal term or you know, all these terms and just talk about the ideas alone, which nobody wants to do, because doing that would mean that you would, we would probably get more people elected that will do them. And that means that they'll go, you know, these people go to Congress or to the Senate and do their jobs. and. So I think that there's something to it that they understand that they're the the, the two leaders that are fighting against each other, sort of, because um, as you said, they they are sort of kind of in cahoots. But the when they're supposedly fighting against each other, I think they understand that that the people, the constituents, they're sort of fickle, and it depends on what is it that is uh, an urgent and what they can use to dangle. So if a Republican is saying like. Like for example, this is what happened to black people. They would say like Margaret Sanger is a, was a Democrat and she's the one who created abortions and she was trying to kill all of you. And it's like, well, they're talking about a time where it didn't matter if you were a Democrat or Republican before we had um, before we had the uh, civil rights movement um, or leading up to the civil rights movement. I want to say that was th- around the era there was still this, dem- the Dixie Democrats and the, the Republicans, and they still all had racism going through it all, all together. So when people try to say things like, you know, Joe Biden, Joe Biden, um, uh, you know, he's he's a race, he's more racist than Trump is. Well, we're talking about a country that always, has always grappled with, uh, grappled with this or they denied it or tried to pacify or move past it. And so... Of course, when it comes down to who has the power in terms of voting, in terms of the numbers of people who will vote, yeah Nancy Pelosi is going to easily get on top of her podium or you know and say what she says because she understands that there's still influence uh, there's still ways to be influenced from our from our own constituents. And that is why I think that it's important for people to start asking them questions like, wait a minute, we've already started moving, moving the needle. Right. I don't know if you've all ever sat into one of these like, I'm sure you have, but been in a stereo uh, listening or on a panel and you're listening to someone talk. And then every time they're talking about something, they go from like they move the needle, like a little, little millisecond. So you're like, wait, 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 hold on. Stay on. Wait, let's talk about that part. And they just keep going and going. And maybe I might be guilty of doing this sometimes, too, because I'm trying to get to one full point or getting around to the, the, you know, closing the circle. But some of the things are like they'll talk about. Uh, the conspiracy theory of, I don't know, lizard people. And then it goes from that to, um, uh, the, they're listening to our cell, through our cell phones. And then it goes to the next thing, which is there, the, um, there's, the gay people are going to populate or overpopulate the earth. And then it goes, you're like, wait, (laughs) wait a minute.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I just wanted to agree with one thing with what you're saying is, um, that what you, what you just said is a great, um, Argument for term limits to get these old people from that generation where racism was normal, get them out of office. Clean, we need to clean house. What are like, you're, you know, the average retirement age is 65 or 70. What are we doing with 70 and 80 year old politicians? You mean to tell me there isn't some kid with a master's degree that just got out of school that can't outthink them and run circles around them as far as legislation goes? Of course there is. So it's keeping the status quo the status quo, right?
1: Yeah, you know th- there is a there is a breakdown I saw recently of of the uh, generational representations in in Congress, and they are by and large uh, boomers. Where in in the That's past true. they've always been kind of representative of the 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 up and coming age, right? Like right now, millennials should be occupying federal offices, <laughs> but no, they, yeah. these are these are things that are like like you know just claimed positions uh and this is because of funding of course because these people yeah they they've they've gotten addicted to money and now they're going to keep you know keep working for money and instead of dealing with some like ambitious you know millennial socialist (laughs) they'd rather just keep funding these you know uh these dinosaurs essentially these people who are going to literally have like five years left um i don't know what's going to happen what the world's going to look like in five years i really (laughs) I could have told you that ten years ago. Like it's probably going to be the same as it was five years ago. But these days, I'm just like I don't know what the fuck's going on anymore. Um, I'm just playing it by ear. But um, yeah, the the, the representation by age is just absolutely broken in this country. We we have it's exactly it's exactly like you guys are saying. It's it's it, it and it hasn't been like this at any other time in in in, in American history. Um. There was one other thing I wanted to say yeah. going back to what Looking was says. Uh, uh, it was it, it, what you were describing, that, that kind of like uh, uh, information overload is literally the Alex Jones strategy of, of kind of marketing his ideas. It, it doesn't give you enough time to question whether or not something is even rational. It's just let's move on to the next thing. I'm going to throw some, some facts that I, I got from some website, probably my own website, and uh, we're going to talk about this now. You know, uh, and then we're going to talk about the the very specific things about like demons and, you know, we'll talk about uh, a, a scene in a movie and then we'll talk about demons. And we'll never give you a chance to actually process all this information to determine whether or not it's actually worth talking about.
2: Mm-hmm. It's deceptive. Yeah. It's a very deceptive uh, tactic, um, mm-hmm. you know, and. I, I'm not going to lie, um that is part that is a part of where we're going that I'm nervous about and I'm telling on my child and I, I did not raise him to be this way <laughs> but <laughs> I was talking to my 10 year old who loves to talk like my, my, like I do and he said to me uh, we, were, I, we got onto the co- top and I promise I'm not trying to bear in this conversation so I just I'm letting anybody who's in the audience know this is I'm not trying to pull your track you or trackie to talk about this I'm just giving using it as an example. Look, it's
1: three o'clock in the morning. Anything goes. I know, <laughs> Have you, at you, it. Sometimes
2: you open up <laughs> a can of worms, and I've, been, I've done it before, just trying to make it a point, and that can of worms t- turned into like four hours of the same subject, and it, it's this specific thing. So my son was talking to me about, um, I don't know how the conversation came up, and he was just like, well, it is. I mean, it, it's not impossible that the earth can't be flat. And I was like, okay, now, son, hold on a minute now. Wait a minute now. Hold on a minute where so like how did this where where did where like okay well let's I, I was like speechless I didn't know what to where to ask him where to begin because I didn't want to insult him I wanted him to be able to think for himself and I wanted him to be able to challenge his own ideas and other ideas and I don't know to be honest my children don't have a I not I'm not a, a, a parent that buys my children's cell phones my oldest daughter who's 17 she has a cell phone I didn't have a cell phone until I was 16. So I don't believe in just giving a cell phone to my kids just because everybody else is doing it. So I started to try to think like, well, where did he get, like where did he uh, get this idea from or this thought process from? And of course, YouTube is, he watches YouTube and he watches the game. Like most of these little kids watch gamers talk. And I don't know what they're talking about because I never really pay any mind to it because it's so annoying to me. And, but I, I, I thought for a moment, like, You know, I never, ever had this type of conversation in my household, but my child is having this idea to say, well, I'm 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 a skeptic. You can't. There's nothing you could tell me or prove to me, mommy, that, you know, this is what it is, because what if and is it possible? And so I just I told him, well, you know, go do do your own research. Like, let's go and ask those questions for yourself. But the fact that we have people that these type of things have already been settled, the science has already been there. And you have this new generation of children who, are not even all of them are not children. There's our there's your young adults. There's a, there's adults, uh, older adults who are um, are trying to have these type of discussions. And it's to me, it's just another distraction. It's like that that even having that debate means nothing. There there's we're not solving anything that's going to help resolve the fact that uh, that we have a Supreme Court that's just trying to test how much power they have or something. I don't know and so it, it it's it, it is a rabbit hole that is a dangerous rabbit hole because as you all as you all have said this is exactly why this we're here where we where we're at with these culture wars um and I don't know how we're going to get out of it honestly because I as I said I had this conversation with my son and that just even knowing that he's thinking about that, I'm already saying, okay, well, how do I get him out of getting, sitting in this distraction while also giving him balance for him to, on his own, be able to think through and research and arrive at what the truth is that's already been settled. It's you know, scary. It, it, it's scary. The
1: the thing is, we were talking about looking looking at the the origins of these things, uh, and and I I will tell you in the immediate, the. the The motivation behind, like, the flat earth conspiracy theory stuff, um, which I would consider part of a culture war. It's part of the culture war. Yes. Uh, All this stuff, the anti-vax stuff, the the flat earth stuff, um, and all this stuff, by the way, eventually someone's going to tie it to the International Jewish Conspiracy, which is nonsense. But, like, it all, every single time, if you're in a conversation about any conspiracy theory— eventually someone's gonna blame the Jews. It's it's nuts. But that's the world we live in for whatever reason. Yeah.
3: But um And to just to clarify, only... that's the that's the Rothschild
1: uh Rockefeller conspiracy, correct? The, yes, the yes. paper, the, the protocols of yeah, the the Protocols of the Elders of Zion, which is which is some nonsense some anti Semites wrote up and then Henry Ford decided to make it popular by publishing it everywhere because he was the biggest anti Semite and inspired the nazis and other you know and even even today's conspiracy theorists um don't ever celebrate that dude he's awful but uh uh going back to what i was saying um but even the flat earth conspiracy guys the main motivation there is not to be critical thinkers because that's how it kind of started everyone was talking about like critical you know this this kind of started as a exercise in critical thinking but the thing that drives it right now is purely money they get speaking fees at these these conventions that these flat earthers go go to, just like the UFO people, just like everyone else. There's an audience. There's a market. There's a demand for 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 this stuff. People can't really digest. Like there's some people who just don't have the capacity, or or don't have the time to digest like scientific information. It's mm. too wordy for them. It's it's too much for them to think about. It's simpler <laughs> to just accept this outright lie um and it's it's just easier because it's something they could talk about they don't feel alone they don't feel like like uh they have to have a degree in in uh you know astrology or whatever (laughs) um to to uh or astronomy I i don't sorry astrology is a whole different thing um they don't have to have like a scientific degree to talk about this thing so they can fully embrace this and just make up things on the way they can they can Go ahead and just throw in little extra tidbits that they either either heard from another uh, conspiracy theorist or things they just made up themselves, you know. And they might go on after they spent all their money buying books, buying tickets to conventions, uh, subscribing to Twitch channels or whatever else there's available to do. Uh, after they're they've you know done all that, they might just decide to make a career out of themselves. I mean, they, they, uh, OKI, uh. uh uh, okay, weird stories. I think it's called. Uh, did an investigation about this. Uh, uh, this guy who was like talking about uh existing in an alternate reality, and people were like following him and buying shirts and seeing him at conventions. Like, I, I don't know what the, what exact what his exact like weird fantasy was, but the guy was promoting this as like a reality, and people were were buying into it. They were paying for like private sessions to talk with the guy. Okay, I himself. Uh, went ahead and paid for a private session and recorded it because he wanted to know what the hell was driving this guy. And what it came down to really, literally, was just, it was easy money. It was lucrative. And I'm not saying that that's the case for every conspiracy theory or every culture war issue, but even the CRT stuff, even the, the Don't Say Gay bill, that kind of stuff exists because they want to privatize schools. They want to punish public schools. And there are people at the sidelines, whether they're religious leaders or just people who who have worked in education for so long and they want to make a business out of it. They want to be CEOs. It's the same thing with private prisons. But these people just want to make money off of things. And neoliberalism is the driving ideology of privatizing everything. And unfortunately, both parties are full of neoliberals.
2: Well, can we just Freaking start? Brother. Just start all over and just hit the reset button. <laughs> I think guess.
1: about that all the time. <laughs> I think about that all the time. I just want to—I want to personally just restart my life over and <laughs> and just ge- geographically relocate, like not make you know d- d- discourage my dad from moving to Florida <laughs> and just be you know staying up in New York or something or moving to the DR or, or anywhere. Anywhere else but here. Yeah.
3: All right. Well, wow. we you know, reset, uh, uh, let's, uh, well, let's, let's, before we jump into yes. this anymore, let's get to yes. some of these comments because they've been sitting yes. here for a little while. So,
2: yeah. uh okay.
5: Hatred is hatred and hatred needs to be healed. Okay. Hey, like a boomerang, what you put out comes back to you. When you put hatred out, it comes back to you. So you literally poison yourself when you hate others. And as far as race, I cannot handle The race we are is human. Here's the bigger point. We're all life. That's not just human. Choose life or choose death, right? Just like choose war or choose peace. Peace.
3: Good message, uh, Zancia. Well, I just want to say good night, everybody. And everyone have a great Fourth of July weekend. Much Thank love, Zancia. Much love, uh,
4: Dim. Uh, this is a message for the Looking Glass. Now, I, I understand your your sentiment and what you mean. The only criticism that I would have of it uh, relates to your uh, cutoff point, if you want to put it that way. Um, Black suffrage in America did not end with the abolishment of slavery. You have to take into account the systemic government institutionalized racism in the form of Jim Crow that uh, took place in America after slavery and was alive and well in America up until the 1960s, which is very, very recent history.
2: Oh, I'm, I'm aware of that. I mean, I honestly, I feel like Jim Crow is still with us um, by way of the 13th Amendment. I mean, we still are imprisoned and we still work for someone when we get in prison and private prisons are even for black people. Um, I've learned recently that black people are also putting stock into private prisons because, as I've heard someone say recently, that there will always be crime. And um, he did not. Ask the question: How do we solve the root of the crime, which is related to classism, um, which is related to racism as a tool that, that is being used? So um, we're still we're not out of the woods with a lot of the old policies and laws that are still um, having an impact. And I and I also make this argument too that um, you know white white poor people have also been ignored uh, largely in this country pro- probably as long as black people have been, been um been ignored too um in this country have always been collateral to whenever there's been a targeting of black lives um and i think i someone had said uh i want to say that was in this talk um but or i heard i heard someone say something about um that uh we need to um, they didn't say unify, um, but something along the lines that uh, we need to um, basically understand how um, I don't know it was plut- plutocracy or uh, autocracy, one of the autocracies, uh, how it's been working in this country for such a long time. And I think the reason why we talk about black and white so often is because for the longest time we've been subject, uh, poor white people, um, and black people have been subject to. Um, this propaganda, as I was what I'll call it, um, and I'll leave it at that. Messages. I'm sorry. I'll try not to jump in again.
3: No, it's okay. No, that was directed at you, so I think it's only fair that you have the opportunity to respond. So, uh, anyway, Vin P. Tran.
4: There is a quote I like from a movie of all things. Um, some guy in the war is saying, "I'm just protecting my people." And then, you know, someone says, Look around you. These are your people. Mm -hmm. There are companies out there, you
3: can find people that are starting to scrub your info, but good luck. All right, Cassandra.
5: No, I said it before, misleading is still leading. And that's exactly what these politicians do. Look it's I have to feed my family, so I have to manipulate yours. And that's a whole. Humans are the only life form in this universe that chooses to pay to live here. Like, this is so simple. But people have to collectively, universally get on the same page in order to do anything together. Peace.
1: You said that like three times. Uh, let me let me clarify something. We don't choose to pay to live on this earth. We're forced to pay to live on this earth.
2: Well, uh, we'll finish out the messages. I wanted to add some sense to that.
3: All right, let's go to Vin.
4: My background is I live in West Texas my whole life, and I just. Painfully decide to abandon Western Christianity. Because everywhere I look, no one cares what Jesus says or what Jesus did. It's just talking points to make your position in this world better than others. And they have the gall to say it's all about saving souls and preparing for the end times. No, it's about your mansion, about keeping your mansion. And I'm an anarchist now been sliding that way for a while and i'm anarchist because i believe empowerment can't be found in organization i think it comes from self-empowerment not the toxic youtube culture but really being in control of your own life there's a um my dinner with andre uh, they talk about economic slavery
3: one more comment here, and then we'll we'll get back into the conversation. The runs DMC.
4: It's the juice fault.
3: Love it, love it. Uh, uh, the looking uh glass. Or actually, uh, sorry, Dave. I know I I think you were saying something. I cut you off. Uh, before I started playing those messages, did you have something you wanted to add before I just, looking? I was glass just thing? agreeing. Amen, people. All right, uh, looking glass. Did you, uh, you, you said you had something that you wanted to kind of jump into a little bit.
2: Um, I can't remember the comment that was left cause I was trying to, um, I lost, I kind of lost my train of thought on it. Um, what
3: do was it, uh, Cassandra maybe?
2: Uh, you want not
3: to play that message again. This one? No,
5: I said it before. Miss is still weeding.
0: Thank you for tuning in to another episode of And Another Thing with Dave. If you're digging what I'm doing, picking up what I'm throwing down, please do share with friends and on social media. Until next time, keep on digging for the truth.